Would you like to work closer to home, save money on gas, and be rewarded for your hard work and attendance? Then Belicio Foods is looking for you. That's right, Belicio Foods is now hiring for multiple positions and shifts with great employee benefits, an on-site health clinic, competitive wages, and advancement opportunities. Belicio Foods is a company that truly values their employees. Apply online at BelicioFoods.com careers. The Jackson County Fair Board, in conjunction with Total Media, proudly present Neil McCoy. Saturday, July 15th at the Jackson County Fair. VIP track access seats now available for only 30 bucks, which includes admission to the fair. Get tickets now at jacksoncoohfair.com or at the Total Media Studios in Jackson. Good Monday morning, everyone, and welcome to the morning show right here on Main Street TV, where it is Monday. It's a beautiful, sunny Monday, and it's even sunnier because our friend Pete Wilson is in the studio. Oh, well, aren't you sweet? I try. That's how you got to be the horse queen all those many years. That's right. We won't bribed say, people. We won't say how many years ago. A few years ago. Okay. But it is Monday. We're doing the morning news update with our sunny friend, uh, Pete Wilson, and you have on your springy shirt and all of that. And so I know that you have tons of stuff. You know, when you come off the weekend, even in a small town, there's a lot of stuff that there's, happens. There's, there's always there's always stuff. Stuff. Stuff with a capital S. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and more stuff that you can't even get to. Yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, well, we'll dive right in. And we'll start with a, a pretty interesting story uh, on the law enforcement front. Okay. Uh, this happened in Wellston. Okay. Uh, we reported it in our uh, Saturday edition. Of course, it's online as well. But uh, this happened back on June the 7th, which was a week ago last Wednesday. Uh, and what happened was uh, a local funeral director in Wellston um, has been cited for impersonating a police officer. Now, that's not a real serious crime as far as uh, level. It's a first-degree misdemeanor. Okay. Um, but what happened was, uh, this was according to the Wellston Police Department. This is where we got our information. Uh, about 6.22 p.m. on uh, the evening of Wednesday, January the 7th, um, a young man who uh, was driving a, a vehicle in an apartment complex off D Street in Wellston uh, went to the Wellston police after he was pulled over uh, by a ambulance um, that, uh, had the, the amber lights going, you know, like, you know, they have the lights on top, just uh -huh. like a law enforcement vehicle. But anyway, this ambulance pulled him over after there was an incident in a parking lot. Okay. Uh, and, uh, the young man, uh, felt that he shouldn't have been pulled over or it wasn't, uh, the person who pulled him over wasn't authorized to pull him over. And so he went to the Wellston police department, okay. about it, filed a report. And as a result, um, Richard Michael Williams, better known as Michael Williams, uh, who is the owner-operator of the R.M. Williams Funeral Home in Wellston, has been charged with impersonating a police officer. Uh, according to the police report, um, the young man, and his name was not in the report, so we could not share that, uh, stated that he had been stopped by a white Cadillac station wagon 
the driver of which, which you know, turned out to be Mr. Williams, claimed that he worked for the coroner's office. The tag of the Cadillac returned to the R.M. Williams Funeral Service, which is located at 120 West Broadway Street in Wellston. According to uh, the report, the officer who handled the complaint uh, had prior knowledge that um, the owner of the R.M. Williams Funeral Service, of course, Richard Michael Williams, had worked with the Vinton County Coroner's Office at one time. Of course, we're in Jackson County, not Vinton County, okay. as far as authority is concerned. He did check with the Jackson County Coroner's Office to see if, at this point, uh, Mr. Williams was affiliated with the Jackson County Coroner's Office because a coroner, at least, I don't know about an employee, but a coroner has law enforcement authority. Mm-hmm. Um, he is not affiliated with the Jackson County Coroner's Office, according to okay. what the Jackson County Sheriff's Office relayed to uh, the Wellston Police. Now, later that same evening, Mr. Williams did call him to the police department about this incident. He explained that he had been driving through the parking lot of this apartment complex off D Street in Wellston when a vehicle backed out in front of him. That was this young man who had filed the police complaint. Okay. Uh, he felt that, you know, this was kind of like a reckless, uh, uh, a reckless uh, action by the driver, and it caused him to spill his beverage. So he was unhappy. Uh, he then proceeded. <laughs> uh, the, the young man who was driving the other vehicle left the parking lot. According to Williams, he sped out of the parking lot. Williams admitted that he was angry. So he pulled out behind the vehicle, turned on his vehicle's blue and amber flashing lights and stopped the other driver. From there, Williams reportedly pulled up beside the victim's vehicle and confronted him about the incident. He states that he did inform the individual. Now I'm not a law enforcement officer and this is not a patrol car. He, you know, he qualified that, but he did hold him for about three minutes. I'm guessing unhappy and lecturing him about his, his driving. Sure. The victim told police that he had been pulled over for about three minutes during this stop. As a result of the investigation by the Wellston Police Department, uh, they filed a case with the Jackson County Municipal Court for impersonating a police officer on June the 12th. That's five days later. Okay. Uh, Williams has already uh, appeared in court. He pleaded not guilty released on recognizance bond. Uh, the matter is now set for a pretrial on July the 19th. So uh, kind of an unusual case, uh, obviously got a lot of attention uh, there on our social media when we yeah. posted that. A little bit of road rage there, it sounds like. Right, it, it, it does sound like that. And so, you know, from a legal standpoint, um, I guess, uh, Mr. Williams, according to his own testimony was, you know, he said up front that he's not a police officer, but he did apparently pull him over. Yeah. So we'll see what happens on that. But anyway, you know, we report the news and a, criminal, a, a criminal case was was filed. And this is a little bit of an unusual situation. All right. That All is right. definitely All unusual. Right. right. We will stay in the city of Wellston uh, on another matter. Uh, this is uh, came out of the last Wellston City Council meeting. Uh, members of Wellston City Council conducted first readings. Uh, now, a legislation normally, an ordinance or a resolution, the normal process is for it to go three readings. Right. That is to give counsel and the public time to uh, respond and weigh in before counsel takes a final vote. And this involves salaries of Wellston city officials. Okay. Currently, the mayor of Wellston, and that is Anthony Brenner, uh, the mayor of Wellston earns a salary of $20,000 a year. 
The city auditor earns a salary of $36,000 a year. The city treasurer earns a salary of $5,000 a year. These are the three positions that uh, would be affected by this proposed legislation. The three ordinances that were uh, proposed at the last council meeting would adjust the salaries as, as follows. 50000 for the mayor, so it would go from 20000 to 50000 35000 for the auditor, so that is actually a $1,000 decrease. And the treasurer would also be paid $35,000 a year. That is a big jump from 5000 uh, five to thirty-five. Yeah. 5 to $35,000. I think that nominally... And, uh, you know, maybe it can vary. I'm not sure it's written into the legislation of the law, but these are generally considered full-time positions. I was going to say, who would be a treasurer for $5,000 a year? Well, I, I, wow. I, I, I don't know what the what the salary is in Jackson, but I know that it is considered a part-time position in Jackson. Tom Evans, former mayor, holds that position and has for some time, and it's not a full-time job. So, uh, I guess maybe the duties in different cities could be different on what is expected of the position or whatever. But Peg Barber is currently the treasurer of the city of Wilson, has been for some time. Okay. She is not running for re-election. She has said that um, she has said that she is planning to retire. To retire. And Anthony Brenner, who is the mayor of Wilson, has told council, you know, there's no way we're going to get somebody to do this job for only five thousand dollars a year. So that's why they want to change that one. On the mayor's position, sometimes in a small town, a mayor is um, may not be full-time. It Correct. may be a part-time job. Maybe right. the mayor is doing something else. It's certainly, obviously, a very important position. In practice, right now, Anthony Brenner is full-time in Wellston. He was full-time when he was the service director. Yes. And, of course, he took the mayor's position when Charlie Hudson uh, resigned. Right. And then Mayor Brenner uh, was appointed, you know, by the uh, Republican committee and then uh, elected in the primary. Yeah. Uh, and there's no opposition in, in, in November. So he is going to continue as mayor probably unless there's a write-in candidate. Sure. Or something. So uh, council wants Brenner to have a fair full-time wage. That's why we're talking about going from 20 to 50. Okay. In the city of Jackson, we recall that that became a controversy several years it ago did. when the salary was $25,000 and it was up to 50000 uh -huh. all at once. Um, but the, uh, the on the auditor's job, uh, that's considered full-time. And why they want to knock that from 36 to 35, I'm not exactly sure. I didn't hear that explanation, but it's about it would be about the same. But that's the reason why these salaries would be increased for the mayor and the treasurer, because they the council considers those jobs to be full-time jobs, or at least uh, the the remuneration as it currently is, the compensation is is inadequate. Okay, and you want to get you need people to run yeah, in these positions for sure. Now the reason that it's being done now uh, is that by state law you can't change a salary in term, meaning that if you waited till next year you would have to wait another term before the mayor would make that higher salary. I see. So okay. if you want the treasurer, the auditor, and the mayor, you want those salaries to reflect what they think is, is more. Is, Now's the is time more, to do it. You, yeah, you have to do it now. Yeah. Otherwise, it looks like you're feathering your own nest gotcha. when you're already in there. Yeah. So we'll see what happens on that. Um, but we uh, have not had that story in the paper yet. We're talking about it now. But it will be in our in our Wednesday paper, and once again, an introduction that that legislation was introduced at the last council. So, meeting. did they take any votes on that? They did not take any votes. Uh, normally, on a first reading, they won't. They'll just 
put the legislation on the table. And just because they put it on the table doesn't mean that it's going to pass. But the chances are that some members of council do approve that unless it came from the administration. Okay. And the administration said, you know, let's present this to council. But according to Phil Buffington's reporting, and he did monitor the meeting, uh, there was not a lot of discussion on that. They just put it out there. And I'm talking about it now, and we're going to put it in the paper, even though it hasn't been approved, because the public has a right to weigh in on that. Okay. So, you know, they may be just sure. fine about it, or they may say, now, wait a second. You know, I don't get my <laughs> salary doubled. You know how it is when they look towards oh, government or whatever. Sometimes yes. they look with a jaundiced eye at that sort of thing. So we'll see what happens there. Okay. Uh, speaking of finances and, and uh, Wellston on the school board level, uh, the Wellston City Board of Education at their last meeting quietly ratified a new contract, a three-year contract for the Wellston Teachers Association. That is the union that represents all the teaching employees at Wellston. And what they approved was a new three-year contract that will take effect July, uh, July the 1st, 2024. So they did it a year ahead of time. But it will be uh, uh, for the next three years from July 1st, 2024, and it will be uh, increases of 3%, 2%, and 2%. So 3% the first year, 2% the second year of the contract, 2% the third year of the okay. contract. So those are step increases. Uh, other things will be uh, the employee share of the insurance costs, health insurance. That's always a big ticket item for anybody, including governments. The employees will now have to pay 13% instead of 12%. So they'll pick up just a little bit more of the health insurance costs. Okay. That has been a strategy that I've noticed uh, on school boards and public governments as they feel, I think that the governments feel, and I don't know whether this has been a problem or not, but I'm guessing that they feel it has been. When you provide 100% insurance coverage, there's no uh, incentive to be judicious in using your insurance. Would you guess that that might be the case? Yeah. But if you're paying part of it, you might be a little bit more careful about how much you use it. Okay. So uh, it has gone from a from, from some of these some of these governments offering 100% health insurance to uh, offering 90% or 95%. And now at Wellston, it's going from 87 from 88% to 87%. Okay. which that's still covering most of your health insurance sure. costs. And, you know, in the private sector, that usually doesn't happen, of course. <laughs> no. So anyway, not. those are some of the important things that are happening behind the scenes in Wellston. Okay. All right. In the city of Jackson, the paving uh, program continues, the yeah. McKee Paving Company. And they announced on Friday evening, uh, not McKee Paving, but the city did, the next targeted streets for paving. Oh, okay. So here's where they're at. Globe Street from High Street to Bennett Avenue, Tropic Street from High Street to Bennett Avenue, the Brookside Alley, Brookside Drive, which is kind of like an alley there off David Avenue, Okay. Uh, Kenwood Avenue from South Street to Brookside, Fleetwood Avenue from Orange Street to the end, West Lawn Avenue from South Street to the end. So we're still on that southwest end of town. This is the third, this will be the third week of the paving, and they have been all on that end of town so far. But yep. they'll be going other places before the end of the summer. Do they say when that should be complete, that chunk? Well, they are very careful about saying that because if it rains, yeah. they can't pave. You know, if it rains a little bit and dries up, then they can pave. But, you know, if you get a, a solid day of rain, you're, you're, you're rained out. This, um, this weather is starting to really 
get annoying because I have to seal my um <laughs> I have to seal my concrete patio and every day I'm like today's the day and then all of a sudden this rain pops back into the forecast. And I'm no, like, I know it's a uh, man. Can we just get like a guaranteed day that it's not going to rain? I think the forecast is pretty good for the next week overall. They talked about maybe having a little rain this morning. I don't know whether we actually got it or not. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to clear up. It changes all the time. So it, it let's does. see yeah. what it says. You have to keep looking at the phone for sure. You do. Yeah, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, pretty good. So this afternoon into like 10 o'clock. Right, exactly. And if you're in those paving areas, the important thing is, of course, if you're driving, I mean, you you, you navigate your way through there. Yeah. You might not be able to get through at some points in the day when they're paving. But the big thing is, if you're visiting those houses along the street or you live there, you cannot park along the street because they have to pave. Sure. So park in the driveway, park in the grass, park on the next block. Right. Um, it's going no to be a very short inconvenience. No parking for... signs will be posted. And when they post those signs, don't park there. Because even if they're not there, they may be there before the end yeah, of the day. exactly. So be careful on that. Okay, here's another thing from the city of Jackson that came out of the last council meeting. And they consider this important. This is kind of the third warning on this. And that is house numbering. All right. Okay. The city of Jackson administration and council backs them up on this. Uh, this really comes from the police department and the fire department and the EMS. They feel that there's too many addresses in Jackson that you cannot see from the street. Okay. So if EMS, police, or fire get called out to a certain address on South Street or whatever, and they're not familiar with, with where that address might be, or you know the addresses sometimes don't make sense, which is true in an older town. Uh, yes, it is. So you know, <laughs> none wh of them make where, any where sense. Where is two hundred South Street? So they're looking for an address from the street that's legible, you know, on the house, on a mailbox, on the sidewalk out sure. in front. Too many houses do not have this. It is now a city law. Council passed it in. Um, when did they pass it? In two thousand twenty-one, two right. years ago. And there is a legal requirement to have a visible address number in place. Uh, and that was as of 2021. Okay. So well, that shouldn't be that hard, Pete. It, it shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> but according to David Swackhammer, the service director, this is how he said it. It still continues to be an issue. Quote, we have not had much luck in getting homeowners to take on that responsibility, at least not those who are continuing to avoid it. So what do we do now? Quote, there is a violation section, it's a misdemeanor, there is a $100 fine. I think what they're going to do is, they talked about doing some mailings. I think they're going to, I don't think it's going to be, even though it's out there, they could do it. I think they're going to mail a warning yeah. to people that don't have the visible addresses. It's going to take some legwork, the code enforcement officer, maybe police, maybe you know some other city folks are going to notice where these are. And they're going to start sending letters out. And if you don't fix it within a certain amount of time, you're probably going to get charged. And that will send the message that they're serious about this house numbering thing. Yeah. Now, some people have probably complied, but that was kind of like uh, they were giving you, they were, they, they were letting you do it on your own, even though there was a law passed in 2021. But he brought it up in 2022, Mr. Swackhammer did. And now a year later, he's bringing it up again. And I okay. think that some enforcement teeth are going to follow this time. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it's for your own safety, right? If you call 911 and you need help, if they can't find your house, it's going to... 
Why would you not put a house number no, on no, your house? No, it's really, it's really <laughs> so to help weird. yourself in case of yeah. an emergency. Because, you know, especially if you have, Listen, uh, well, anyone, EMS, police, or fire, if you need them to get to your house, like, pronto. Yeah. You, and, you know, they're looking and, you know, they're on the wrong block or something. You know, that could be the difference. And, you know, it's, and you're exactly right on these small towns. It's like even some of the downtown buildings and stuff. Sometimes the address is East Main Street. Sometimes the address is just Main Street. Sometimes it, it's like, I, it's hard to find sometimes, no, like, no, you know. No, it is. Uh, like for my house, I'm 253 West South Street. I do have a legible address, by the way. Good boy. Visible. But there's a 253 East South Street, too. And so um, at a lot of places, especially on some of the older streets, the addresses don't make sense. Well, and I know. I mean, as far as a logical progression. For like our, for example, our, the production facility that we have in the downtown building, the auditor has it at 215, but that building has gone by 211 always. Mm -hmm. But the auditor site says 215. So that's what I went with because that's what the auditor says. It's like super confusing in some of this stuff. No, like, what, what is it? I no, don't know. It really is. And, and a lot of the longer streets have both west and east ends or north and south. And sometimes so. it's just main or, or south or whatever. And then sometimes there's an east or a west attached to it. Who knows? Right. Exactly. So it does get confusing. All right. Well, let's go to something a little bit lighter right now. Of course, we got the, all the 4th of July stuff coming up. Yes. It's going to be. This weekend, it's gonna be, it? Yeah, it's going to be oh spread in our three local communities. It's going to be spread from Friday through Tuesday. Friday the 30th, uh, that's when the first day of the three-day Vinton County celebration starts, the boosters up there. And there'll be things on the 4th, too, in Oak Hill. That's when they wrap up with their big fireworks, and that's the final day of their three-day deal. Okay. And then uh, there's a 4th of July parade in Wilkesville. Uh, but then all in between, there's all sorts of things. And we're going to pin it down. We had a big article in our Saturday paper, kind of, kind of, I saw that kind of like detailing, mapping this. it all out. It, it's all there. It's yeah. all there and online as well. And we'll, we'll talk about more of that next or, or later in the week when we get right to it. But I do want to um, reveal who the Miss Vinton County contestants are. Okay. We have their pictures in the paper on Saturday. And I've got um, uh, James over there all primed up to show their photos. Uh, but uh, are, are you ready over there, James? He's okay, ready. well, here are the names. We'll see how quick on the draw we'll he is. We'll see if, if he can do it. You're out of practice, James, so we'll see how he does with pushing uh, buttons. He, he was pretty good before. I think so. There's 13 candidates for Miss Vitton Holy County. moly. Uh, and here they are. Allison Champion, Champion Delany Scarberry, Brooklyn Burns, Jordan Zinn, Jamie Beatty, Cassidy Graham, Camden Ackley, Emma Davidson, Natalie Polly, Olivia Schroeder, Emma Todd, Cadence Graves, And Leela Barnes. Yay, James. How about that? What a go, buddy. Thir 13 of them. Now, let me tell you this. That's I, a lot of girls trying. Right. And, and I tell you, they're pretty girls. Am I allowed to say that? Oh, you know, I think I so. They, they, they really are. They really are. <laughs> I so know. That'll be tough for the judges. But that contest, which 
goes way back in Benton County as part of their Athletic Boosters Fourth of July yeah. celebration. It will be on Saturday, July the 1st at 7 p.m. at Benton County High School. Several years ago, they started to make some of these Fourth of July events indoor, which is safer, of course, because of weather, whether rain or heat or whatever. It's not all out on the football field like it used to be. Okay. So this is 7 p.m. on Saturday, the Miss Benton County Contest uh, pageant. It is open to the public. And let me tell you, these girls all have sponsors. Uh, It's a great contest, just like the Wild Turkey Festival pageant is. They really go to lots of lengths to make it special. But now listen to what these girls will get. I mean, it just isn't uh, the the ego and the pride of being Miss Vinton County. If you're Miss Vinton County, you you know not only get the crown, the sash, the scepter, a bouquet, a trophy, and memorial pins, but you get a one thousand dollar scholarship. Whoa! I mean, that is really nice. That's awesome. The, the first attendant a five hundred dollar scholarship. The second attendant a three hundred dollar scholarship. Nice. But. Uh, Anyway, that if that event is on Saturday night. The Vinton County Athletic Boosters will start on Friday, and their uh, events will go Friday through Sunday. But cool. like I say, we will talk more about all the Fourth of July stuff later in the week when it's right in front of us. All right, um, a couple of other things to talk about. We'll stay in Vinton County. The Vinton County National Bank. Construction has actually started Woo-hoo! on their new bank building. All right, and this is uh, this is in downtown MacArthur uh, at two hundred three West Main Street. And uh, Randy Evans Construction, who built the Jackson County yes, Banking Center, it is awesome. Uh, they are going to build this one too. It's just barely started. It will be open sometime in two thousand twenty-four. I'm not sure they pinned that date down, or they're willing to share it yet, because you know how that goes sometimes. I do construction projects. But this will be a... <laughs> well aware. Okay. 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 It sounds like you have some insight there. This is a $2.6 million bank building, and uh, it will, be, uh, it will be, be a tribute to the county's lumber and tourism industry. Uh, they'll have that design that kind of looks like a lodge. It, I mean, it doesn't, really it doesn't cool. look like a stay-at-old concrete bank no, building. It'll be very it's, nice. It's beautiful. Uh, and remember... This is where the former McClure's restaurant is, mm-hmm. right along the main drag there, a little you know farther west on Main Street. But um, uh, the facility at 112 West Main Street in downtown MacArthur, almost right down the corner there where the stoplight is, it will remain open, but it will be strictly staff working there. Everything retail will be at the new place. Okay. So we've got a couple pictures. Uh, I mean, it's not all that exciting, but they are actually they have actually started, and of course we will be watching that all along. Very good. Exactly. Speaking of new things, uh, down here in Jackson, uh, the new Pho restaurant has opened. Did I say that right? Pho. Pho. The new Pho restaurant. I got to brush up on my Vietnamese. Vietnamese, yes. There is one of the dishes. Alex Shope bought this so he could take a picture. And I'm pretty sure that he ate it, I'd say so. Pho is awesome. But that is, uh, oh, you've had it then. Oh, all the time, yeah. Okay. But you used to have to go to the big city to get it or make it yourself. I'll I'll put you on the spot because, I mean, I eat American food. I'll eat anything. Yeah. But what is the difference between Japanese, Chinese, and Vietnamese? Um, is there much of a difference? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just like any ethni- ethnicities. They use different spices and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, pho is delicious, really good for a hangover. Well, if you ever have well, one of what those. What exactly is it? So it's like um, 
Fuzz kind of cool because you can use different broths. So like typically I would get, it's like a beef broth and okay. then you can choose your proteins as well. They have like the broth has different spices in it. It has anise in it, it has some other things in it. And then there's um, rice noodles mm-hmm. and then they'll bring you out a plate and then like typically a protein. So mm-hmm. like chicken or, or beef, I always get like the thin sliced so beef. So you, kind of, you have some choices there. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I haven't been to the new place yet here, so I'm not sure what the choices well, I think are. They've but... done they've done pretty good for a starter. And a lot of times they'll have... Um, you know, the authentic Vietnamese fuzz will, they use kind of all the animals. So they'll do like tripe and all kind of stuff that people put in there. So, um, but then they'll bring you out a plate of like different herbs. So like basil, um, some, sometimes mint, um, and then bean sprouts and different things. You can put hot sauce in it, or you can put like oyster sauce in it or, you know, whatever, whatever your, whatever your, uh, tastes are you can oh doctor it up. Well, I tell you what, kind of like I, salt and pepper. I, I or whatever. would have trouble the first time because I wouldn't know what to do. You know what gets <laughs> me? The chopsticks. <laughs> I'm horrible at chopsticks. Well, that might be that might be a cancel for me. If then. you're uh, if you're if you're real sweet, a, a lot of times I'll bring they'll a bring a spoon in my pocket. Yeah. I'll You'll do that have in my a, pocket. They will give you um, a a uh, chopsticks and a spoon, obviously, because it's like a soup, but. Um, if you're real nice, they'll give you a fork. Too. Okay, all right. So, yeah. Okay, okay. Sounds like sounds like you know what you're talking about. There. Yeah, I'll take you over, Pete. How's okay, that? Well, we'll, I, we'll go I, through I'd the like fun experience I'd like together. Two fifty nine Chillicothe yes. Street. That is that's a little bit off the beaten track of where a lot of the retail is in Jackson, but it's the old Western Auto Store yep. there, and it's a kind of an interesting. Uh, Interesting it's group of very businesses interesting there. Interesting building. Uh, 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 a, for hand, sure. a hand car wash. Yep. A sign company. A boba tea hut. Uh-huh. Those are the four that I can think of, right? Uh, a nail it. salon and, and a computer repair shop that's and right, a tattoo Walmart. parlor. And they have pretzels. And pretzels. Oh, and they yeah. have pretzels? Well, they have a picture of a pretzel out there oh. on the sign. And uh yeah, all of that. It's okay. under one roof. It's really kind of cool if you go in. I've only been in there once, but it's really I, I w- cool. I would hazard to say there couldn't be that combination anywhere else. Uh, I would say you're exactly <laughs> right. But they pulled it off. So All right. Well, speaking of food, that segues us over to the community garden, which yes. is back in yeah, Jackson. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it's in a new place. Of course, this is the Jackson County Municipal Courts Community Garden. There. Yep is what it looked like about a week ago. I took the picture. As you can see, oh, the garden it's way is, bigger than that the now. Garden is growing. <laughs> Two things different about the community garden, Jen. It's in a new place. Yes. It's in a lot that Nia Henry donated next to the filling station off Main Street. Okay. There at, the, yep. at the foot of the hill. You can see you can easily pass it and not see it, but it's there. And there is a sign there to show that it's there. And they are using raised beds this yeah, year. Yeah, they are. Which they feel will increase production. And decrease the amount of people needed to man the garden, yeah. to maintain it, sure. water it, uh, all that deal. And, of course, the concept of the community garden, uh, it's good in a number of ways. Uh, Judge Music, uh, who is very progressive on the rehabilitation, uh, this is a form of community service where you work the garden. If uh, you know, you're working off your, sure. uh, your, your one of your terms of probation on the community service, so... Um, you know, you, you work the garden, you plant the garden, you maintain the garden, you, you pick the vegetables, uh, you plant the flowers, all that stuff. And then 
he donates the food to uh, worthy places, yes. uh, food banks and uh, and and uh, the food pantry and People like that. Need, yes. At least in the past, that's what sure. he's done. I'm sure he'll do it. And I think that they allow the probationers to get a little bit of the of their of the crops, the that fruits they of their labor, pun intended. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that's the community garden uh, that Judge Mark Music does down awesome. there on Main Love that. Street. All right. Um, I've been wanting to say this for a while, and we've always run out of time. I have to give um, a salute to the Buckeye Hills Community Center uh, and uh, Dr. Uh, Jamie Nash, uh-huh. who is the superintendent out there, and the board members, the whole staff. Uh, the Buckeye Hills Community Center, you know, it's it's 15 miles away or so, and so, you know, it's not right in our face, but they are doing some great work Oh, there. yes, they are. And this came out during, uh, they put this news release out after their most recent graduation of their students there. But uh, they had 491 students. Uh, This group of 491 students is comprised of 290 who completed high school career programs, 201 who completed adult education programs. And these students together earned a combined 1,667 industry-recognized credentials that align directly to Ohio's in-demand jobs. Uh, there at the That's podium, awesome. that is Jamie Nash speaking uh, at the, uh, what is uh, the same as their graduation ceremony that sure. was there in May. Uh, but he put out those numbers, and that shows you just wow. how many people now are taking advantage of what the vocational school offers, For whether sure. it's at the high school level or the adult level. And this is a trendy thing that makes so much sense. It, it is totally. a, it is aligning education directly with jobs. With the workforce. Right, exactly. And so um, in addition to the 206 students at the Buckeye Hills main campus, an additional 84 students now are completing satellite programs offered at the home schools. The home schools, of course, you've got uh, the River Valley High School and uh, – Gallia Academy in Gallia County. Of course, you've got Jackson, Wellston, Oak Hill in Jackson County, and you've got Vinton County High School in Vinton County. Okay. And so more and more students uh, from these home schools are going to the vocational school now. And I, I talked to uh, when I got my hair cut. I, you know, they have a cosmetology <laughs> program yeah. uh, down at uh, Buckeye Hills. And as soon as those students graduate, you know, they're getting snapped up into into the workforce. And, you know, you're talking about some pretty good wages for some of those positions, welding and so forth. Oh, my goodness. And now the nursing uh, students that are coming out of there, very, very much high in demand. So uh, can't say enough about the work. I mean, it's a trend that's going on everywhere, but I think maybe at our Buckeye Hills Career Center, even more so. Uh, Jamie Nash really on the front end of, of making that happen. He is such a good ambassador for vocational education. I think there was maybe a little bit of a separation. I think there was certainly a something of a stigma maybe with vocational education. That doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And so congratulations uh, to them. Speaking of education, uh, at one of the most recent school board meetings, uh, you know, they're completing their staff for the next school year at the Jackson City Board of Education meeting. Uh, they hired uh, a new teacher, and she came to the school board meeting. Her name is Jordan Bapst, and there she is. She's right in the middle there. That's Tyler Swackhammer, the Jackson High School principal on the left, Superintendent Phil Howard on the right. And I have a lot of uh, respect for Jordan Bapst 
because she is going to teach Algebra 1 and Algebra 2. <laughs> she yep. would have really had a problem with me if, if we wind the clock back and she would have been there in the mid-70s. Somehow my teachers got me through those classes, but I did not, I did not find them easy. I did not find them practical. Yeah. Uh, that's heresy, I know. No, but, I mean, uh, I get it. But but anyway, Jordan Baffs, she comes, uh, by the way, to the Jackson City Schools from the Pike Eastern School District. Very and good. And she has a new Algebra One and Algebra Two teacher, so good luck to her. All right, uh, speaking of new teachers, at the Vinton County Local Board of Education meeting, the most recent meeting, uh, they made some new hires in conjunction with the new school year. And one of the new folks is a new band director. And that is Avery Baumfield. That is Avery on the left. Avery is with somebody who may be familiar to the Jackson City Schools and the music program. That is Sam Kugel. Uh-huh. Sam is there on the right, and he's obviously very happy to have uh, Avery Bamfield, B-A-M-F-I-E-L-D, as the new assistant band director and elementary music teacher. Awesome. Uh, Avery is uh, taking the position of Katie King, who, of course, was at Vinton County and now is the band director at Wellston. Wellston. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right, we want to remind you that the Jackson County Republican Party is having their Lincoln Day dinner. That's their big coming out party. Okay. Uh, probably raises a little bit of money, but it's more about being a mixer for the politics. They always try to get a high-profile speaker, and they've done it again. They sure did. Brad Winstrup yeah. will be the speaker. I tell you, he has been on the national news a little bit lately. He's on that subcommittee that's looking into COVID and how the government handling it, and mm. he's looking at it from a, from a critical angle that some of the decisions that were made were not good and why they were made and like that. I don't know whether that's what he will address okay. when he's here Thursday, but he will be the keynote speaker. That event will be at the uh, Family Life Center of the Christ Church here in Jackson. Tickets are Great. available. Uh, they cost uh, $40, and you just need to contact uh, Brent Step or uh, if they have tickets available, you can show up at the door. It will be catered by Rowdies. But uh, there'll be some nice. local awards as well. All right. Um, let's see. What else can we tell you about? Uh, Jeremiah Shaver will be in here in just a few minutes to talk about a couple of events that he covered uh, these last two days. But one of, the other, one of the other things we want to tell you about is uh, a big event held by the Jefferson Howe Post 81 of the American Legion here in Jackson. Okay. Okay. That post was formed right after World War I. It was in 1921. They wanted to do a 100th anniversary celebration then. Well, you know why they didn't, right? Can you say it? The together? old C word. The old C word, COVID. Yep. Well, they weren't going to let this grand um, opportunity pass without celebrating. So two years late, they had a 100th anniversary celebration. Oh, that's so good. Uh, there are some of the uh, more... Um, uh, senior legion members they i think they've all been post commanders at post 81 um they were there at this uh event that was at the dav alex shope was there did he's written a great story that we're going to get in the paper this week but uh from left to right if you're looking at the picture there we want to give these uh, gentlemen some credit because they've been bulwarks of the american legion posted jackson kurt Hughes, charles wyant arnold tripp who of course is also the veteran service yeah. officer in jackson George Kitchen, Paul McGee, Marshall Beatty, Larry G. McKinnis, Blaze McDaniel, Greg Irvin, Kevin Compton, and Robert Bragg. Yep. And it was a grand event there, uh, very upbeat. And they talked about all the things that the American Legion has done, not just 
you know, as a place to go for veterans and to serve veterans, but in the community. They've really done some great things in the past. They've sponsored a uh, Legion baseball team. They sponsored kids to Buckeye Boys State and Girl States. They've done other things in the community to support the community. At one time, they had a band way back when. Hey. And the Legion, a lot of people don't know this, they were one of the moving forces in getting the Memorial Building built back in 1937. And for a while, That's right. that was where the Legion was. I think I told you that. I was a member of the baton twirling legionettes oh, way you, back you in my day. You mean in addition day. to being the horse queen? Yes, that was pre-horse queen days. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Now that I didn't know was in was in your repertoire. Yeah, so we practiced at the top of the memorial building, and that's right. where the legion met. Yes, that's where, that's where they met. That's where yeah. they met. Of course, you know, they sold their post home out there on Morton Street to the Republican mm -hmm. Party. But according to Alex's story, they still are able to use it because the Republican Party, you know, they'll use it as a campaign headquarters, a meeting place. But a lot of times, you know, they don't, no, there's not activity going on in there. Sure. So I think, you know, they're helping each other there. First time I've ever seen a urinal. Oh, oh, really? Okay. We were yeah. all fascinated by the urn. That was an eye opener. Yeah, right? you know when you're what third, third and fourth grade or whatever, you're like, what is that thing for? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So, so you got to go in the restroom, right? Well, yeah, because it was just a bunch of you know little girls up there. They had like the, and there's you know, the only one and, restroom. Yeah, I don't remember, but I just remember there being urinals, and like we were like, what is that? <laughs> Yeah. Well, so I'm uh, sure some of the mothers had to explain to us okay. why that was a thing. All, all right. Well, let's go. <laughs> let's go to music now. Last uh, Saturday evening, there yes. was a concert at the Marquette. Yes. It was. Uh, it was the, the a group that uh, you know uh, parodies Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. And uh, James Hamilton was there. James Re was there. Red Thompson Jr. was there, and the reviews are great. I mean, oh yes. I mean, it was very good attendance and a very good concert as well. Uh, James took some pictures that he's, he's showing us at least one of them there uh, now. But uh, James, I know you know a whole lot more about Fleetwood Mac than I did. How would you how would you grade the experience? Oh, they sounded fantastic. It was a great show. Uh, I mean, you know, if you've not been to a concert at the Marque, you need to check one out. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic show. This is a group that they do a, a lot of different tribute acts. Uh, they were at the Marque last year. They did their Journey Tribute. Uh, they were also at the Apple Festival last year doing the Journey Tribute. They were back at the Marquet this past Saturday doing the Fleetwood Mac Tribute. And they will be back at the Marquet again in August, I believe, doing the Journey Tribute again. So uh, lots of uh, opportunities you know, to get out and see it. Great show, great venue. Um, Six Cents Beer was on sale. Woo, woo. <laughs> uh, Thanks, <but> yeah. James. <laughs> but it was, it was a great show. It was, it was fantastic. All right. Well, I tell you what, it seems like, and there's a, the pattern is pretty, pretty consistent. The tribute artists do pretty well at the Marquet. Well, I look at Dwight Eisenhower. Oh my gosh. Concert, He's been sold out now concert for... On Saturday. Is it sold out? Yeah. It's concert on yeah. Saturday it usually does sell out. Yeah. So... You know, and... But you think about these artists. So, you know, there's only one Stevie Nicks. There's only, you know, one Mick Fleetwood or whatever his name was. Was that his name? Um... But these artists are coming in and doing able to tribute, do tributes to all of these bands, and they're, you know, doing this this all themselves. And it's like, holy moly, how talented of a musician do you have to be to be able to mimic, 
you know, all of these super no, famous. I, I didn't realize that this group does more than one. They do, yes. I mean, I would think you'd really have to try hard to specialize in just Correct. one. I mean, doing one would be hard enough, let alone doing numerous ones. Right. That, that's, I'm, so, impre I'm impressed by yeah. that. Well, speaking of, of concerts at the Marquet, the previous week, uh, the D.M. Davis Male yes. Boys Choir and the D.M. Davis Ladies Choir, and there is a shot from uh, that. Uh, the, the gentleman in the the gentleman in the uh, foreground there is William C. Bill Martin, very well known local attorney, and yes. he has added really a nice touch of class to these concerts because he does narration. He does, he does a very good job reading, and I understand that Ralph Brown, who is one of the directors for the men's group. He writes the narration. Oh, okay. So, you know, it really is not only the music, but the narration, too, kind of like a story theme to these concerts. Cool. But this concert was held uh, a, a week ago, Saturday, at the Marquet. And, you know, whatever concert they have at the Marquet, like James said, what a great venue. It is so beautiful. Uh, they have great equipment. The seats are so comfortable. Yes. And more, wonderful. more people need to take advantage. And usually they, sure. are, they are they, hometown prices. Uh, certainly, yes. Like the like the concert for uh, for the uh, American Songbook was like five dollars in advance. Yeah. So you know, wow, crazy. All right. Uh, on the sports side, uh, we want to tip our hat, uh, and we had a big story in our Saturday paper. Give uh, credit to Todd Compton for going out and getting this story. Oak Hill's Caitlin Brisker. Have you heard that name? Yes. Well, there is Caitlin playing shortstop for the University of Rye Grand softball team. Caitlin was one of the best female athletes to come out of Oak Hill High School in the last uh, decade, uh -huh. for sure. And she was a, uh, I think, a three-sport person at Oak Hill, but she was especially good. I'm not sure about the volleyball, so I, I may have to correct myself on that, but she definitely was a great basketball player and a great softball player. Okay. And when she first went to the University of Rye Grand, she tried to do both. But uh, she came to the conclusion that it was just a little bit too much, even though she was excelling in both sports. Sure. The last couple of years, she's played just softball. And uh, she, what did she do? She helped her team to a 35-16 and 16 overall record. Uh, she had a 408 batting average, had five home <laughs> runs, 36 runs batted in, stole 25 out of 26 bases. And she was a first-team selection on the all-conference team and was honorable mention on the NAIA All-American team. Wow. This is a great local you success. You go, girl. This is a great local success story that you maybe don't hear uh, as much about unless, you know, you're close to Oak Hill and close to the family yep. and you follow Rio Grande Sports carefully, uh, closely. So we wanted to share what a great job that Caitlin Brisker ha has done at the collegiate level. And... She could have probably gone other places, but she wanted to play close to home, and it has really worked out for her. She That's is, awesome. She is a junior, just finished her junior year. She's okay. very much looking forward to her senior season. And this was a wonderful article uh, that Todd put together. He did decided to do a Q&A. He asked questions uh, online or, I mean, on email. She answered them the very same night, and it really gives tremendous insight Super cool. into her success story, and it came from her. Yep. All right, a couple of events uh, over the weekend, and uh, our intrepid Jeremiah Shaver was there. I'm going to let him tell you about them. I know he's got some uh, companion photos that James will put up. Very good. Uh, but uh, we thank him for all his work, does a great job. We are so glad he's with the team. And since I said that, 
we're working like a dog this weekend when the 4th of July comes. <laughs> Yay, 4th of July. Uh, Not as bad as Memorial Day, but close. <laughs> no, it, no, no. If, if, if you think... If you think that it's not the livestock sale and you think that it's not Memorial Day, the smile is on your face the whole time. Yes, exactly. And and, and seriously, we do mean this. I'm just not saying it. These are great community events. Oh, and, and absolutely. We, and, and we do like to cover Yes, them. for sure. All right. Thanks, Pete. We appreciate you. All right. Well, Jer- Jeremiah is coming over. Let's hear from our friends at Vinton County National Bank. And- at Vinton County National Bank, we believe in supporting the areas where we live and work. Now, we'd like to honor those who also serve our communities. Our new Community Champions account is especially for first responders, veterans, active military, and anyone employed in the fields of healthcare or education. This account offers rewards, discounts, and other benefits to those who give so much to others. Vinton County National Bank, rewarding those who serve. And we are back. Welcome back. And our good friend Jeremiah Shaver has stopped by to fill us in on some of the events that you covered yes. over the weekend. I, I did. I covered a couple couple of events, Jen. And uh, before we get into it, just want to see how your weekend went. It went really, really well. A little busy, but that's okay. Yes. Um, it, it was a busy weekend. Um, I did get a little time. to. So I'm growing a garden. I don't know if I've mentioned this before. You mentioned it to me, but maybe yes. not on the air. Maybe not on the air. So I'm growing a little um, 8 by 10 garden. That's and, good. Uh, got out there and cleaned it up a little bit and found a few uh, few things growing, Jen. Guess what I found? Weeds. Weeds. <laughs> I, I did find some weeds. but um, Dandelions. I, I, dandelions. So I, did, I did have to do a little weeding. Not, not too much. Yeah. But um, I found some baby cucumbers. <gasps> Yeah, they're just 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 itty bitty right now. Oh. But I found about four or five of them. Yes, and then uh, I got a couple of tomato plants, and one of them has two little tiny baby tomatoes on it. Probably, you know, not even not yeah. even. Yeah, they're so cute. It's like little babies. You, you're they so are. fun watching them grow. It, is, it has been it has been a lot of fun. First time I've ever had a garden in the backyard there. Okay. Where we live. Um, we, we bought that house in 2018 and, uh, for years, you know, we've, me and my wife Kara talked about putting a garden back there and I said, this is going to be the this year. This is the year we're going to do so it. I, I got out there early in the year and kind of dug out an area and, uh, got everything planted and so far it is doing, it is doing great. Well, and if you can do that because we haven't had enough rain to make gardens grow. It was like the other, uh, night was that Saturday we got that rain. Yes. And so Jamie and I have planted just a few things this year that we can maintain and whatever that we can use at the brewery and, you know, whatever, tomatoes, peppers, things like that. And we're like, man, these things are just still like they're just standing still. They're not doing anything. Like Sunday morning, I came out and I was like, oh, everything's doubled in size right. just because we got it's, some rain. Yeah, it's amazing to watch everything grow. Because watering it is one thing, yes. but rainwater, of course, yes. It just makes a big difference. Yes. I, I know, you know, a few weeks ago I went on vacation. Mm-hmm. We had some rain while we were gone, but I had somebody water while we were gone too. Uh-huh. And when I came back, like everything was doubled in size. <laughs> like, oh, my babies are growing. I, they are. Um, yes. I, have, I have three rows of corn and a lot of the corn is probably up to my chest now. Oh, see, already. it's only supposed to be knee high by the 4th of July. I know. So uh, it's all it's all doing very well. And um, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'll probably do it again next year. Uh, may make it a little bigger. Yeah. Give it a little more room. Because now as stuff is grown and it's getting bigger, it's getting a little crowded. Yeah. 
but hopefully it'll be okay. Yeah. I know the cucumbers, great. I kind of led them up a trellis of sorts mm-hmm. that I made. And uh, I noticed over the weekend when I got in there to clean up, one of those tra- one of those cucumbers started to climb the tomato cage because oh, it had no. spread out <laughs> I so I need far. my room to grow. Yeah. So anyway, um, we'll get into a little bit of what I covered here. Okay. So on Friday, June 23rd, the third annual Pride at the Park celebration hosted by the Jackson High School's Gay Straight Alliance okay. uh, took place down there at Manpower Park. Uh-huh. And we have some photos from down there. Um, it did... It was, as you can see in this picture, it was a little rainy. Yeah. So I think that hurt them on Friday there. They had it Friday afternoon um, from 1 to 4 p.m. And uh, here's some folks that are a part of that uh, committee. It's the exec- These are executive members of the Jackson High School Gay Straight Alliance. Uh, from the left there, you have Shelby Vickers, Caitlin Kerr, Lacey Hauser, Eric Robertson. And then there on the end, that is Betty Miller and... She is the advisor for the club. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's some folks that were set up with, I don't. I didn't write their names down here, but I have their names. They're set up with um, a booth. Um, this is a uh, church in Wellston that um, accepts, you know, everybody. Oh, that's, a, that's novel. That's awesome. Yes. And um, here's some folks uh, putting on name tags. So they had this last year as well. Uh, these are name tags, and also on the name tags, they'd write their pronouns. Okay. That way, everybody could get to know each each other better. Sure. And um, is that is that all I had that I sent you? Okay. So um, they had that down there, and we'll, we're going to have a nice little story about that. Um, I was able to talk to um, an individual who's openly gay, uh-huh. and they kind of told me about their struggle um, when they came out and how, you know, They've gone through that process over yeah. the last decade or so. So um, kind of uh, have a nice story that'll be from, you know, that that aspect. Straight from the horse's yes. mouth, if you will, yes. for lack of better and, words. Um, and the advisor there, um, Betty Miller, she's um, a parent of a gay child. Mm-hmm. And she talked to me a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just I just think it'll be a nice nice little feature story that we have down Love there. That. And June, June is Pride Month. Yes. So that's why they hold this event down there in the park. This was the third one. I think the club has been around now for four years. And in the past, when I've talked, I went, you know, I went down there last year for this. And we, we talked to Betty and uh, some of the members. And um, this is this is still relevant here. We'll uh, read a little bit of what Betty had to say about the um, club because you know we hadn't the first year. I think we may have missed it or maybe didn't get notified about it. So last year, my story was kind of like talking about the club and about the event in general. In yeah, general. And she said that um, the club had done wonders for the LGBTQ youth population at the high school, and she noted that one in four youth suffer from mental disorders or have experienced bullying. She said if one supportive adult steps up for a youth, it changes the trajectory of their life. So um, she thought that um, seeing the support from the community when they hold events like this um, really helps those youth. Well, and I think it's really cool because, you know, Alliance is in the name of the club. Mm -hmm. So it's the gay straight Alliance. It's, 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 you know, bringing these kids together of all walks of life and, you know, making them allies. And I think that's fantastic. Right. And they can get together. They can talk it out. You know, they can do whatever. So yeah. and, pretty cool. Yeah. And she had also noted that uh, one of the things that she thought was important is that students know that they have a safe place, not only at the high school, but in the community. Yeah. 
No, and I think so, that's very true. But uh, we'll we'll have some photos and um, a story from that event. Very good. So on on Saturday, uh, went down. I know you had Marty Jacobs on we for the did. Celebrate Jackson Love our event. Sweet Marty. And uh, we we got over there at three o'clock, and here's what we had, Jen. We had <gasps> this. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we we had a pop up shower Ooh. right as the event was supposed to start there at three o'clock <laughs> down there at Jackson Middle School. Um, there at the uh, the stadium, and everybody kind of huddled huddled under these um, pop up tents there, <laughs> uh, trying to stay dry as the storm passed through. So that that caused a little bit of a delay in that event starting down there. Ick. But uh, but but what we're talking about, um, the Rock, a non denomination church, mm-hmm. spearheaded a free community event for the entire community. Uh, it was called Celebrate Jackson, Rock the City. Yeah. And it featured free food, games for all ages, prizes, raffles, and more. And um, like I said, it was supposed to kick off at 3 o'clock, but it probably didn't get underway until, I don't know, 3.30, 3.45 or so. But here's one of the little events, and you can see some of the folks in attendance. And uh, this one was called the... Well, here's our very own Matt McKee. Uh, he uh, got picked out of the audience. He's doing kind of a football toss. Yeah. Um, these two gentlemen were competing to win a pellet grill. And as you can see, um, the Matt one gentleman, <laughs> Matt, <laughs> Matt did not win, but uh, the other gentleman uh, did get one in. This is what happens when you, when you run your mouth for a living. You don't get uh, yeah. to exercise well, anything else. <laughs> it, and we were talking about it this morning, um, and th- those footballs were real tiny yeah so it's kind of hard to get a spin on yeah, it there so yeah. but they they went two rounds and uh i think we had some other photos you could throw up there you can see uh people getting dried up after the rain here <laughs> Aww, but it was so it fun. was just uh just a fun community event um there was the mc and one of the refs yeah. um for the event that's uh, mrs marty yes um i think her name's katie or mm-hmm. caitlin but um one of the pitcher yes. That he had there that so this one they had was one of they had three games that they did. This one was geared for the kids, and it was called, it was a patriotic um, it was like a patriotic run, and they had to sprint around and through these cones and collect the flags, the American flags there in the cones, uh-huh. and then run back as quick as they could, and whoever had the best time would win. So like that girl. I don't think she won, but the other girl won like a hundred dollars. Oh, nice! But they were they were just giving out prizes and money left and right at so this fun. event. And uh, here's another one of the games that they had. They called this Grandpa Ball. No, I don't think these folks were Grandpa Ball, but they called it that because <laughs> they had to sit in the chair you, and throw. You the, know how hard that would be to sit in a chair and, and shoot, th- a basket? shoot the basket. Yeah. So um, I can't remember what those folks won, but here's somebody else that won a flat screen TV. Heck yeah! But they had just a number. Of prizes and Marty, Marty had got to me um, after the fact. He said attendance with volunteers around three hundred. Whoa! He was estimating, and this is the first time they've ever put this on. Yeah, over there, but they gave away you know flat screen TVs and money. I mean, this lady here is holding two hundred fifty dollars, and Heck I think she yeah. was doing either the football or the basketball game. And uh, I know they gave away a lot of prizes. They gave they away did. a motor scooter. They gave away a motor scooter. There was drones and grills and lawnmower yep. and table saw. And so here's here's Marty Jacobs. So after they got through with the three sport events, um, Marty gave a very stirring uh, message, okay. a religious message to those in attendance, and um, even asked uh, those folks in attendance um, if they would do the sinner's prayer. 
And there was a bunch of people that got out of the crowd and came forward and recited that sinner's prayer and kind of, I guess, gave their life to God and Jesus. And, nice. Um, so it was, uh, it was a very nice community event. And I, I talked to him after briefly as I was leaving. Um, it was still going on because they had all those prizes to give away. <laughs> I, I'd been there two hours at that point, and my shoes were sopping wet. <laughs> oh, no. So I had to go home and change those. But he said that uh, estimated value with food given away and the additional small giveaway items, they gave away $7,500 to the community. And it was, and, you know, they didn't ask. There wasn't any admission cost or anything. Yeah, it um, was just a, com- just, great, just a community great community event. event. With, um, you know, him kind of giving that message. And he talked a little bit about, um, he's been, he's 17 years sober mm-hmm. and kind of talked about how he found God and kind of invited, I guess the folks that kind of stepped forward and did that sinner's prayer were invited to the church the following morning. Um, they were doing baptisms. Oh, so, um, great. they had that as well. And he said that they hope to do this again in the future. And, uh, they also want to do smaller events, maybe at like local churches, to kind of do kind of a re- outreach, but it was a it was a fun fun event, and uh, we'll have a story and photos and the pa- future edition of the paper. Super cool. So there's a rundown of those events. Well, awesome. Well, Jeremiah, see, you're always out and about, always and, out and, and about, and busy. Yeah, we got so. the got the Fourth of July stuff coming up. I'm sure I'll be out and about. We haven't gone over the schedule for that, but I'm sure I will be. Worked a lot that weekend. I can guarantee you, you're going to be out and about this yes. weekend. Yep. So, uh, all right. Well, very, very good. Thank you for spending your morning with us. And thanks to Pete. And thanks to James for pushing all the right buttons. And thank you for all uh, for tuning in. So we appreciate it very, very much. All right. We'll be back here tomorrow um, with, we don't know. We don't know. All right. (laughs) We'll be back here with somebody tomorrow. So have a great day. We'll see you then. Bye. This just in. The Telegram News has a new website. TheTelegramNews.com. Same dedicated coverage. Same trustworthy news with a brand new look. Covering Jackson and Benton counties and surrounding areas. Locally owned and operated, thetelegramnews.com has its finger on the pulse of the community. Stay up to date on local events, high school sports, and breaking news. Thetelegramnews.com. Subscribe today at thetelegramnews.com. Check it out. <laughs>